is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning. It's not too wet, is it? We're okay. We're okay. We're hanging in there. Well, we're going to start this morning my my uh, three and a half hour exposition of James chapter one. Is that all right? Joe's nodding. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so we're going to start this morning looking at our new series in James. And um, I'm going to read some scripture to us. If you want to look on your phone, on your Bible, then uh, we're starting in James chapter one. You can do that. Adam's phone's waterproof, so he's okay. If you have a waterproof device, you can get it out and uh, and read along. So actually, for quite a while, uh, I felt I wanted to preach from the book of James. So I'm thrilled that we actually started this morning. Really pleased about that. And we're going to spend two weeks in chapter one this week and next week. Um, but I have to say, I've been looking forward tremendously to, to preaching through this book. It's a tremendously practical book. Lots of really good things for us to learn and, and take from. So very much looking forward to the next few weeks uh, as we spend some time together in it. So James chapter 1. I'm sounding quite loud up here. I don't know if you want to turn it down. Is that okay up there? You're okay. That's fine. All right, then. I'll just, I'll just carry on. Booming away. It's all good. Fantastic. Okay, so James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when it rains. Well, it sort of says that. Okay, what it really says is this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, which could include rain, I guess. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossom fails and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who loved him, who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
Don't be deceived, my, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that we're going to learn so much looking at this book over the next few weeks. And we pray now that you would teach us in these few moments we have together in this passage. We pray that you would apply what we have read. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's get that out of the way as well. So before we get into, into the text, it's good to ask some questions here. And actually, before you get into any biblical text, it's good to ask some questions. And they're all W's. So these are my, these are my W's I'd ask. What sort of text is it? Who is it from? If it's a letter. Who is it to? When was it written? Why? And they're good questions to ask when you're looking at any passage in Scripture. So what sort of text is it? Well... The Bible, as you know, is a collection of books of different literary styles, some historical accounts, some poetry, some songs of worship, some letters, some apocalyptic literature. It's important to know what you're reading. And so what we've got here is the book of James. As you might have guessed, it's a letter. Now, question for you. Who is the author? Who's it from? James. It says, isn't it? It's from James. But... Who is James? So we know it's it's from James, but who is this character James? It's quite a popular name today and then, actually. Now, we're not 100% sure, but it's thought that most likely we're talking about James, the human brother of Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph. He was the leader of the Jerusalem church, and when Paul and Peter travelled amongst the churches... James stayed. There was another James uh, in early New Testament times, the son of Zebedee, one of the inner circle of the apostles, but he was martyred in AD 44, so it's thought too early for it to have been from him. And it wasn't anyway until the 16th century or so that people questioned who it was from. So we can say most likely from James, the son of Mary and Joseph. He doesn't really say exactly who it's written to, but we've got this reference here to the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's a reference to the Old Testament people of God, the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's probably writing to Jewish churches, to churches with uh, people of a Jewish background that would understand that sort of language and reference. Why? Well, like we've said, it's an immensely practical book. There's some really practical lessons to learn. It covers things like relationships, care for the vulnerable, loving our neighbour, compassion, and so on. So there's lots here for us to read, but importantly, there's lots here for us to apply. So let's just jump, let's jump straight, straight in here. So handling trials. James starts off by what to do when you're faced with a trial. Now, for those of you not under the gazebo this morning, you might be thinking, right now I'm facing a trial. 
Right now, I'm sitting in a field. It's raining. And Graham, I'm listening to you. All of those things are a trial. You might be thinking that. And that wouldn't be unfair, okay? I can understand you thinking those things. But I think James has got some more severe trials in mind. You know, for us in the last, I don't know, what is it now? 16, 18 months or so, we've faced some serious trials, haven't we? As a nation here in the UK and indeed right around the world, we've been facing trials. Unprecedented, unprecedented ones. I can't say that word this morning. I appear to have lost, left my teeth out there somewhere. Unprecedented. There you go. These trials have been. And we're not out of it yet. But listen to what James says. He doesn't say, if you happen to face some trials, here's what to do. Rather, he says, whenever you face trials. He knows that you're going to face some trials. He knows that things at some point are not going to be easy. That you're going to face some difficulties. And all of us have faced things in recent times we never expected to face. So it's encouraging for him to say, listen, when you face trials, because you will do so, this is how you can respond. It should encourage us. We're not alone. Over the centuries, believers have faced trials time and time again. For early believers and many today, this ends in martyrdom. They end up dying for their faith. Not just getting a bit wet, but losing their life for it. Here in the UK, we've had a pretty rough 18 months or so, but we haven't had to face martyrdom for our Christian faith. So James tells us to consider these trials pure joy. Pure joy is how he describes it. You think, James, really? Have you got your language right here? Have you understood what you're saying? Do you really mean pure joy? Well, I think he does. He really does. I wonder, for most of us here this morning, do we consider facing trials pure joy? If we were to do a survey and you honestly put your hand up to that one, you don't have to, would we say, yes, I love, love trials. They're just such a joy to me. We probably wouldn't, if we're honest. I've had some opportunity recently to connect with some church leaders in Ukraine over the last few weeks or so. And a few weeks ago, I met uh, online with uh, the team that serves uh, a number of their churches across that nation. And they were telling us what it's been like living in that part of the world in recent times. One of the, one of the guys was saying how uh, in his particular part of Ukraine near the, uh, near the Russian border, now, his wife was working in a store and some armed militia came in and, and challenged her. That's facing some severe trial. And then this week we met again with a number of their pastors from right across the country. And we're talking about the lessons we've learned out of lockdown, both for them and for, for us in the UK. One of the pastors said, oh, well, for us, we've been in lockdown for the last seven years thinking, oh, okay, <laughs> we've got some things to learn here. <laughs> They're really facing some things there that we're not. 
that's really facing trials. They've been unable to meet for the last seven years in a particular part of the country because it's just too dangerous to do so. That's really facing trials. And yet, in the midst of this, they're talking about facing them with pure joy. They're talking about opportunities for the gospel, the importance of witnessing to their neighbours and, and spreading the good news of Jesus. And I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, boy, have I got a lot to learn from you. <laughs> Not the other way around. They have so much to teach us. We have so much to learn. James says that facing trials, having our faith tested, produces perseverance. And as perseverance does its work, we become mature and complete in our faith. Put your hand up to this one. If you would like to become mature in your faith, put your hand up right now. Okay, I think that's all of us. We want to become mature in our faith, don't we? I'm guessing most of us want to go from where we are straight to maturity. You know, just straight there. Shortcuts, you know. Most of us would think, oh, you know, if it was like playing Monopoly and we could pick up a card that says, ah, advance to go, collect 200 pounds. If we had the card that went advance to maturity, collect 200 pounds on the way, we'd think we'd love that card. Wouldn't that be great to get straight to maturity? But friends, it doesn't work like that. There's no card in the spiritual life, sadly, which says advance straight to maturity. You can get there really easy. It's more like the children's story of going on a bear hunt. Do you know that one? You know, you're going on a bear hunt and you come up against some opposition. You can't go over it. You can't go round it. You have to go through it. And friends, it's just like that in the Christian life. You have to persevere. You have to go through trials if you want to reach maturity. There's no shortcut. But listen to the promise. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood that test, stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's a good promise, isn't it? Don't you think? If you persevere, you'll become mature and you'll receive a crown. That sounds like a good promise. Do you remember the account in the book of Revelation where there's worship there and crowns are laid before the Lord? You ever thought about how you get a crown? It just tells us here. By persevering under trial. You get that crown of life. And then you can, in that day, it's like you can use that crown to put before the Lord in worship. You get it by persevering under trial. James goes on to talk about uh, wisdom, just really quickly. It's a really quite simple one. If you need wisdom, ask for it, because God gives it. It's the end of that point. It really is that straightforward. If you need wisdom, the Bible says, ask God for it, and he will give it to you. Those of you who need wisdom this morning for decisions that you're facing, circumstances you're working through, ask God for wisdom. He promises to give it to you. He really does. It's there in his word. James goes on. I'm going at a fair pace here. I'm trying to serve you. You understand, okay? Because I know it's a little drizzly. It won't be next week. Check the weather. It's looking very good. 
But James goes on to talk about how you handle temptation. So we need to understand, firstly, it's not God that tempts you. Secondly, we need to understand that actually we're all tempted. Even Jesus himself faced temptation. You can read it in the Gospels. And thirdly, temptation is not sin. It can lead to sin, but temptation in and of itself is not sin. So what can we learn here? Well, we learn ultimately that temptation comes from Satan himself, but more often than not, he uses our own evil desires in order to tempt us, which is what James references particularly here. And so the question is this, what do you do when you're tempted? How do you respond? How do you face it? What do you need to do? And note, just like trials, it's not if, it's when. So when you are tempted, how do you respond? Well, the best way of answering this question is with Scripture itself. The Apostle Paul gives us a great promise in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That, my friends, is a good promise. Is it not? When you're tempted, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And he promises to provide a way out. There's a way out. Every time, there's a way out. You don't have to give in. There's a way out. And this is wonderful news, isn't it? A little later in his letter, James promises this. He says in James 4, verse 7, I can't remember who's preaching on this passage. Maybe it's, maybe it's you, Tim, in a few weeks' time. So I don't want to steal all your thunder. But he says this in verse 7 of James 4. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist him and he'll flee. There is a way to overcome. Now, it's worth remembering how Jesus handled temptation. We find the account in Luke 4. We haven't got time to look at it now, but we see Jesus being led into the wilderness and um, he's tempted by the devil himself there. And each time Jesus responds with scripture. Knowing God's word will help you to overcome temptation. That's how Jesus responded and that's how we can respond. Actually, knowing the word himself, Jesus will help you to overcome temptation as well. So submit to God. Know God's word and his promises. Move away and look for the way out. That's how you handle temptation. You submit to God. You know God's word and his promises. You, you use scripture in that. And you move away. You don't hang around to the place where you're facing temptation. Get away. It might be you physically need to you know, move out of a situation or out of a location you're in just to get away from the immediate temptation. Remove yourself from it. You see, look for the way out that God gives you. He's promised you a way out every time. So look for it and take it. Just like you would look for an exit, if you were in a building and the fire alarm went off, what's the first thing you do? You look round, you look for the exit, don't you? 
You can hear the alarm. You think, right, I need to get out. A fire alarm in this building. You look round for the exit and you go for it. At an appropriate walking pace, obviously. You handle temptation in the same way. We should handle it in like a fire alarm going off in our head, going, temptation, alert. What I need to do? You look for the exit and you take it. Use God's words and trust him that he's faithful to his promise. He's promised a way out every time. Next week, we're going to keep going in the book of James and look at the, the second half of chapter one. But the brief summary of this first half of James 1 and things for us to take away and remember is this. Number one, if you persevere under trial, God, will, God promises you the crown of life. It's in his words. If you persevere under trial, God promises you the crown of life. Number two, if you need wisdom, God promises you wisdom if you ask him for it. And number three, when you find yourself tempted, God promises you a way out. He promises you a way out every time. Aren't they three fantastic promises of God? I think they're a good place for us to, to finish our few moments in, in James chapter 1 this morning. So I want to pray. How's the, how's the, how's the uh, drizzle out here? Very light. Right, we'll, we'll have... Uh, Adam, why don't you come back up and we'll have a... <laughs> oh, he liked that one, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yes, I, I see his plan now. I'd love us to pray. Because I think there's some things here for us to learn, some promises for us to apply. And I don't want to miss it. It's easy to think, oh, I'm just waiting to finish and get out of the drizzle. But listen, don't miss applying God's promises. Friends, you've been kind enough to, to sit here through the drizzle and listen to the word of God. Don't miss this moment of applying God's promises to your life. Let's stand together. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I want you to respond in your heart, okay? So for those of you who think you're facing trial right now, I want to pray for you. For those of you who need wisdom, I want to pray that God will give you the wisdom you need. And for those of you who know that you're facing temptation, I want to pray that you'll see the way out that God is providing for you. Do you notice what I said there? I didn't pray that God would provide you a way out. I'm, I'm going to pray that you'll see the way out that he's providing for you. It's important we see that. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for these few short moments at the in this uh, passage here in the beginning of James 1. And God, I want to pray right now for any here in this field or any watching the live stream who right now feel they're under trial. I pray, God, for your strength.
If this is you right now, just you might want to lift your hands to him or lift your heart to him. Certainly, I want to pray that you would know strength in the trial, that God would come to you and strengthen you by the Holy Spirit and that you might receive the, the crown of life and maturity on the way. And Father, I want to pray now for any who need wisdom, who are facing decisions and knowing that they need wisdom from heaven, which way to turn, how to respond, what to say. I pray right now for, for wisdom. I think for at least one of you, I don't know if it's here or watching online maybe, you, you need wisdom to, to respond to a letter. It's like, I can see this letter in front of you and you're not quite sure how to respond to it. I want to pray right now that as you look over this letter and you pray that God will give you wisdom about how you respond. I feel it's a written thing. It's not a conversation. I see it's a written thing you need to respond to. If that's you, I want to pray that you'll know wisdom. Is that any of you here? Oh, it is any. Okay, cool. I want to pray right now for wisdom in Jesus' name. Knowing how to respond, knowing what to write, knowing what the right and godly response is. Lord, for those here and any watching online, I pray for wisdom in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And then finally, Lord, for any who are facing temptation right now, I pray that they would see the way out that you are providing even now in this moment. And they would have the strength of the Holy Spirit to take it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.